This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. 51 years ago this month, a Democratic senator from California and a Republican, or excuse me, from Wisconsin, and a Republican congressman from California shared a very deep concern over what was happening to our environment and the harm being done to nature. And it had just been a couple of years prior to that that the Apollo 8 spacecraft sent back those photographs that just electrified us. It was the first full photograph of our finite, beautiful little blue-green planet floating in space. It was a moment that, that resonated in collective consciousness. So those two political leaders, out of this shared concern, opposing parties working together, go figure, um, they got together and took action, and they approached a young activist. He happens now to be a friend of mine, Dennis Hayes. He runs the um, Bullet Foundation in Seattle. But back in this time, he was a young activist, and the, the, the electeds asked him, will you put together uh, a campus teach-in on environmental issues. And he agreed to do it. But then he realized this, ha- this idea had major potential, and he wound up organizing staff all across the country to take action uh, across the land, different actions in different locations. They renamed the event Earth Day, and media caught hold of it, and it's, it really took off. And by the time everything was said and done, That day, fully 10% of people in the U.S. had taken to the streets, the parks, the auditoriums, rallying on behalf of protecting this planet and creating a healthier relationship between humanity and the rest of nature. And Earth Day, April 22nd, was born. Now, those early environmentalists had had a shift in consciousness that propelled them to be able to see behind the veil of the dominant cultural story of separation that says that humankind is apart from, not a part of nature. And they were so moved by that that they had to take action. One of the more problematic scriptures in the Bible for many of us, myself included, is Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. And I'm going to read it to you. It's what has come to be known as the dominion scripture. Anyone who knows me sees me reading from a Bible and has to smile just a little bit. Um, I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to why though. It says, then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Let them have dominion. The Christian tradition of my youth had an interpretation of that scripture that suggested that God had literally given man the right to dominate and subdue the rest of nature. And that interpretation has been used to do a lot of damage. That interpretation in my youth was used to justify why it's okay to keep food animals in horrific conditions, why it's okay to put a dog out in the backyard on a a chain so it can guard us and our stuff. It's the ethic that's been used to, to underpin an economic system that 
destroys nature in the name of economic growth. Dominion. Now, as far back as I can remember, I have had a deep, personal, tangible sense of connection with earth. It's been an all-encompassing love affair with nature. I remember my first pet, and I do not have a good memory, I should say, but I remember my first pet. At that time, my family was living in a little small city, and there wasn't a lot of wild nature around. I was very young. I can't remember exactly how old. But we did have a long flower bed on one side of the house, and that's where I met Cecil. Now, Cecil, he or she, was a potato bug with a unique squiggly little yellow line down its back. And I loved that bug, and I believe he or she loved me back. And when I would go out grubbing around, and I could tell, I I believed I could tell who, who he or she was by the squiggly yellow line. And when I would go grubbing around in the dirt that he or she called home, it would crawl toward me. There, I was fascinated by the legs and the ability to roll up in a ball. There was no dominion, no sense of power over. There was just love and awe and fascination and joy. Eventually, I rejected the Bible and I rejected traditional Christianity because I could not reconcile the dominion thinking and many other things that I had been told were truth with what I really felt in my heart. I could not get those to jive, and I walked away from those things. The Unity Spiritual Movement, on the other hand, it teaches that we're all connected. It's based on, it's, it's based on an understanding that a sense of separation, a belief in separation from one another, from creator, from all beings, is actually illusion. Unity teaches that God, source, creator, whatever your word for this magnificent life force is, it's in and through all of us and all beings. It's in us humans. It's in the non-human animals, the trees, the bugs, the things that creepeth and crawleth. It's even in the rocks. When we harm one aspect of this, we harm ourselves. And when we love one We love ourselves. You know, in fact, the founders of Unity, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, they were wide open about their love of and belief in the the life within all aspects of nature. And I want to read a couple of quotes from each of them. Charles Fillmore wrote, There is intelligence inherent in every form, animate or inanimate, It's been discovered that even rocks and all minerals have life. We should be speaking words of truth to everything, not only to mankind, but to the mineral, vegetable, and animal kingdoms. And Myrtle Fillmore, who I have grown to love through studying her, she says, I was almost accused of being a nature worshiper when I was a little girl, and I have always loved what I see in nature as well as in all artists who are so close to the beauty side of God. I love that. She said, nature is surely the glorified face of good. See the beauty about you, and you do see the manifestation of infinite mind. And it's noteworthy that the Fillmores adhered to a vegetarian diet. Just pointing that out. Dominion. Hmm. My ears sharpened to points, electrified, when, through Unity teachings, 
I first glimpsed the metaphysical interpretation of Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Charles Fillmore described dominion as an inner state of consciousness that we can reach through mind discipline that comes when we realize our oneness and connection. That's dominion. In a metaphysical interpretation, fish represent ideas of abundance and prosperity. Birds and animals represent beliefs and thoughts and feelings. So you pull all that together, and that verse is not suggesting that we have been given carte blanche permission by God to go run amok against nature. It's actually saying that we have an ability to step into our God-likeness, to step into our likeness to our creator when we develop an inner consciousness of oneness, when we remember and recognize that we are a part of all of creation. And dominion is about mastery, not over others. It's about mastery over our thoughts and our feelings and our beliefs and our ideas. As we head into Earth Day 2021, our species finds itself at an inflection point in our relationship to and with this planet, which is our home, the only home we have in these physical body part of our journey. We're at a point where the climate is changing, and it's definitely driving more intensified and volatile weather events and droughts and floods and wildfires. If we stay on the current pace and level of thinking that we're at right now, In 20 years, there will be more plastic in the ocean than fish. We are literally burying nature in the the stuff of humanity. Yet at the same time, there has never been greater awareness or action on behalf of nature and on behalf of protecting this blue-green mother and all the other species that she supports. And I have something I want to show you. Kevin, can you run the, uh, the video clip now? What you're seeing here, what this is, is it's a list. They started compiling a list of the names of organizations around the globe that are working on behalf of our environment. They're working on environmental issues and the protection of nature. If, and it's scrolling about this pace. If you were to start viewing this at 9 o'clock in the morning and watch it continuously all that day and night, all the next day and night, and all the day and night after that, you would not be close to the end of that list. Three weeks later of continual viewing, you would not have reached the end of the list. And a month after that, you may be getting close to it. The truth is the environmental movement, the movement on behalf of healing the human relationship with nature, is the single biggest social movement ever in the history of humanity. It is literally billions of us consciously choosing to move from the role of user and abuser to the role of lover. It's billions of us achieving dominion by shifting our thoughts and remembering our oneness and connection. Take that in for a second. Can you just feel that momentum? Can you feel the unbelievable collective force of Billions of us working toward the restoration and the protection and the reverence of this Mother Earth planet. 
It's an awesome thing to be part of. I devote my life to the protection and restoration of our environment. And I can tell you, I'll be straight up, fully opening up to really loving and really caring for and and really feeling a sense of responsibility toward non-human nature, it does cross, cross a threshold. It crosses a doorway that once you go through, you can't fully close it again. And as is the nature of love, sometimes it hurts. When Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh was asked, what can we do to help, you know, help nature heal? He replied that what we, do, what we need to do is to open our hearts and be able to hear the sound of the earth crying and allow ourselves to feel the grief of what we've lost and to weep with her. Because he said, when we can allow ourselves to feel that pain, we will be able to act authentically from our hearts and be able to communicate a new story. We started telling ourselves a story way back when about dominating and subduing the earth. And based on that story, the medieval church declared wilderness to be ungodly and set about destroying the peasants' direct connection and reverence uh, to that land. Western Europeans received a papal edict to conquer and enslave those whose lands we, quote, discovered. And ever since the Industrial Revolution, which was finite, danced by plundering the colonized land, the leaders of the dominant culture have imagined nature or earth as basically a lifeless storehouse of natural resources with no real inherent worth beyond what we could get from it. It was a story of separation, and it's done a lot of damage. And here's what is so cool about being alive right now, right now on this planet at this time. That story has run its course, and there is a new story being created that we all get to be part of. It's time for a new story, a true story. What's needed now is a passionate, no-holds-barred love affair story. Because yes, although it does hurt sometimes, the far, far larger nature of love is that it opens us up to richness and depths and beauties that we would never want to miss out on. Can you feel that right now? Can you smell when you rub juniper and sage together? Can you smell that unmistakable life richness? Can you delight in the song of birds and of whales? Can you feel the tears tingle your eyes when you see the indescribable beauty of the sun sinking down over the edge of the ocean? Can you feel the instant coolness on your face when it slips down behind the mountaintop? We need to love that and be in awe of it. What a gift it is. I sometimes get accused of being a tree hugger. And you know what I say to that? Absolutely and twice on Sunday. And sometimes, sometimes, that's right, I got an amen. Sometimes they hug me back. And it is wonderful. That's right, preaching. This week, Unity Community of Central Oregon, we kick off our Season of the Earth series. Between now and the first week of June, we're going to be implementing a whole bunch of earth and environmentally related events, and we'll give you some specific details in the announcements in just a moment. And each Sunday, uh, the talks from here on out, myself and many others, will have uh, a nature wisdom 
as well as some of the awesome unity principles that do indeed help us to gain dominion over our thinking and our feeling and mastery over our our thoughts and beliefs. And I just invite you to dive deeply, deeply into this glorious season of the earth with us and join in sending love and hope and thoughts of healing to our beloved Pachamama Mother Earth. You know, the fifth of Unity's five principles is action. It's not about just sitting there knowing about it. It's like Morpheus said in The Matrix, there's a difference from knowing the path and walking the path. So this is a season of walking. This is a season of earth and a season of walking our talk, and we're asking you to step up and take action. Our earth care team is going to be providing many resources uh, and events, educational information, supporting action all along the way. Uh, we ask you just to join us. We're going to be we're going to be offering um, resources to help each of us improve our personal environmental stewardship as well as our community and collective stewardship. So no matter how many things you're already doing, if you're recycling, recycle better. We're going to have a wonderful presentation, kind of a very eye-opening presentation about what actually can and cannot be recycled. Um, and, it, and, you know, think about buying less stuff, avoiding plastic, hug a tree, Feel her hugging you back. And twice on, twice on Sunday. And you know, you don't need to go into deep wilderness to feel this love affair. I want to share you, I think it's the first time I've ever shared one of my own little poems in public, but this, I got inspired by this just in a moment of reverence in my little backyard as she was quickening into spring. And I call this backyard love affair. Bright sun glints from needles and vine. Cool breeze kisses skin plays gentle tune on chimes. Tall, thick green, home to flocks in layered concert. The guardians sway above, sheltering, shedding, dripping amber. Nooks, crannies, and knot holes made nurseries. The tiny musicians vie, lie, and sometimes die within. All of it feeds me, seeds me, calls me out of human shell, cell. Freedom to feel, to love, to heal, to be. Something much, much bigger grander, fully alive. As we embark on our season of the earth, I'm just inviting you to come home to mother and to protecting her to grow that romance and deepen that love affair. We are such lucky, lucky, lucky spiritual beings having a human experience on this particular glorious, indescribably abundant and magnificent planet. The, this month, there are going to be collective actions all across the globe. Uh, all those organizations that you saw that are still scrolling. And we now know that this collective consciousness, shared intention, the, the group meditations, the prayer vigils, even the collective political actions that are going to be hap- uh, happening together, there is tangible material effect that comes from when we combine collective energy. So I just encourage you to step into that. In the field of possibility, there is right now in this moment the possibility for an evolutionary step in the collective consciousness of humanity that could bring us into a healthier relationship with this planet that we all actually love. Human. The root of the word human is humus, which means of the earth or ground. We as humans are not apart from 
We are a part of the glorious creation expressing as and on this beautiful Mother Earth. Every single day on this earth is literally Earth Day. May you celebrate, enjoy, protect her, and just really feel the connection and the oneness. Namaste.